Well, good morning. My name is Zach Galman, and I have the honor of being a servant leader here uh, in Grace Church. My wife, Michelle, and I are so thankful to be able to serve you and Jesus here. And as, as many of you may know, we had the, the joy of of welcoming our newborn son, Braxton, not Braxton, Weston, Josiah. He is now 12 days old, and we are so thrilled to, to have this new life um, that, that God has, has blessed us with. And we are so thankful that you have, or we're thankful for your prayers and your love and your support, the, the meals that you've brought and just the fellowship and and um, just time with each other that you've, you've given us. You know, as I, was, as I was holding Weston when he was just mere two minutes old, I couldn't help but think that this is created in the image of God. Like this is in the likeness of God. He is an image bearer of God. And I was just, I couldn't contain the awe and wonder and joy that, that God gave me from this. And God has surely blessed us. And you see, when God blesses us with these gifts, when he blesses us with children, when he blesses us with, with all the things that he blesses us with, it's just simply him giving more of himself to us. Like it's just a small portion of who God is. And so I don't find my joy in necessarily my son, but I get joy from knowing that God has blessed me with more of himself. And so we need to be careful not to create or worship the creation, but rather the create, creator that gives us all things. So I see my son and can't help but come to God in worship because he has allowed me to know and feel more of who he is. He's majestic in all of his ways. And so this is just a little bit more of who he is. And so we are so blessed and so thankful that he does that for us. Our joy comes from him. And when we try to find joy and satisfaction in the creation, the blessings, the gifts, when they fail us, our, our joy is lost. We lose our joy. But if we look for God, the giver of these blessings, the giver of these things, our joy will never run dry. The fountain of blessings, the fountain of living waters will never run dry. God is eternal. Again, we sung about this where he has time in his hands. And so he, he's always existed. And if you think about, I mean, if you think about that, that God exists outside of time, how, how great is he? I mean, this is, this is incredible to, to think about this, that he will, when he gives us his joy, it will never run out. When he gives us his power and love, it's eternal. This little image bearer of God, though, is, is growing up so fast. I mean, time is flying by. Here he was just two minutes old, and now he's nearly two weeks old, and, and it's, it's crazy. And I can't think, but, or I can't help but think that I will never have those 12 days back. I will never have those 12 days back to, to raise him up and train him in the ways of the Lord. I'll never have those 12 days back to, to pray over him and love him. I'll never have the past five years back with my son Braxton to, 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 rain, to raise him up to, to the ways of the Lord. I'll never have the six years back with my wife to love her as Christ loved the church. These moments 
are gone now. They're like vapor in the wind. And I've come to learn that we only have one shot. I only have one shot at this life. Today, I only have one shot to raise my kids and love my wife. I only have one shot to live my life how God wants me to live. Today, I only have one shot to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. And I want you to know, church, that you only have one shot today. There will never be an August 5th, 2016 again. And August 6th is not guaranteed. So church, know that you only have one shot. So the question is, what are you going to do with that one shot? I heard you all sing. I heard you all say that I surrender. So are you going to use this chance to surrender to God? How serious is this one shot to you? How focused will you be with this one shot? How are you going to spend your time and energy with this one shot? Are you going to spend your one shot seeking joy in something that can't give you eternal satisfaction? We find joy in our son and our, both of our sons, but it's not going to give us eternal joy. Or are you going to use that one opportunity, that one chance that one shot to find your joy in the eternal glory of Jesus Christ. Think about this target. Now, I'm an educator, so I expect a little bit of participation. Okay, I don't like a quiet room. I like, I like participation, and so I want to know that everybody's awake and alert, and we're on the same page, so some head nods and and some amens, whatever you need to do, to, that would be great. Okay, so think about this target. What is the objective with dealing with this target? What do you want to do with this target? Hit the center. Hit the center. Okay, what's the center called? The, the bullseye, right? The, the, the objective is to hit the bullseye, right? To hit the goal dead center on the target. Now, there are many places at which we could aim our focus on, and uh, right, rightfully so, though these values are much smaller than the bullseye. But imagine if I were to hold a competition, okay? And for this competition, if you were to come up here and hit the bullseye, I would give you 100 million dirhams, okay? But with this competition, it's, it's all or nothing. You hit the bullseye, I give you 100 million dirhams. If you miss the bullseye, miss the mark, you get nothing, okay? How many of you would come up and do your best to hit the bullseye? Three, four, five, six people in here, okay. All right, good. That's an easy question, right, with an easy answer. So think about this. If your objective is to hit the bullseye and it's all or nothing, how many of you would come up here and purposely aim away from the center of the target, aim away from the bullseye, and aim for one of these outer rings. Okay, I think that um, that's an easy answer as, as well. <laughs> I'd be willing to believe every single one of us would aim for the bullseye. We would aim for the center of the target. How often, though, do we shift our attention away from our bullseye in life. We say that Jesus is the center of the target. We say and seeing that Jesus is the center 
of our lives. But how often do we get distracted and aim for other things besides our bullseye, Jesus? How often do we focus our attention and look for joy in the creation rather than the creator? You see, like this competition, our bullseye in life, Jesus, is all or nothing. If we miss Jesus, we miss everything, and we lose it all. If our focus is not on Christ, not on God, we have nothing. But if we seek to aim for the bullseye, if we look to the creator rather than the creation for our joy, we get it all. Now, for a split second, some of you may just be happy just to hit anywhere on the target, right? And in life, we have brief moments of satisfaction that God blesses us with, but that satisfaction doesn't last long when we realize what we've missed, the prize that we've, we've missed. We lose out on eternal joy of the Father when we miss the bullseye. Church, I want you to know that Jesus is our bullseye. He's what will bring us all joy, all satisfaction, and all pleasure. He is our prize. He is what we aim for. He's what we focus our attention on. If we aim for Jesus, we have everything. If we aim elsewhere, we have nothing. As last week we learned, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So if we have Christ and we live, that's great. If we die, we have Christ. So that's great as well. So I ask again, if Christ is the center of our lives, if he is the bullseye, if he is all or nothing, why do we shift our focus and attention away from him and pursue the things of this world for our joy? Now, some of you may be asking, well, I don't. I, I seek Jesus, and so I hope we can, can see that we do this. In life, there are many things that can catch, capture our attention and cause our hearts to be shifted from our faith in Christ. If you were to create a target with your values what would it look like? What do you focus on the most? Where is most of your attention and your time and your money and energy drawn towards? Is your joy in finding a better job, one where a boss will give you more time off or less work? Maybe you miss your family and the comforts of your home country, so you're looking for joy in, in moving back home. Are you looking for the best beach or the highest mountaintop to, to give you that relaxation that, that we're looking for? Do you find the most joy in committing to a strict diet and workout regimen to live a healthy lifestyle? For some of you, you may feel swamped and overwhelmed with the circumstances in life. Maybe you have a sickness that you just can't get rid of. Maybe an injury that just won't heal. And all you're trying to do is just catch a break to, to be healthy again. These areas and circumstances in our lives have a tendency to shift our focus and attention away from bullseye. They have a tendency to draw our attention away from Jesus. We tend to gravitate towards the gifts and blessings of God rather than the God, the giver of all gifts and blessings. A couple of days ago, I was looking for joy and quietness. I believe quietness is a gift of God. I believe that the parents in this room could agree with that, right? Quietness is good. 
And, and my oldest son would just not stop talking, and I was just getting so annoyed and impatient with him, and it was just completely irritated because there was just no rest and no quietness. And I became so impatient with him for the entire afternoon until he finally went to sleep. Everything he said or, said or did was, would just draw a, a sinful reaction out of me. You see, he wasn't the problem. My, my own sinfulness, my heart, was what was the problem. I was looking for the quietness for my joy and not Jesus. My focus had shifted away from the bullseye. Unlike this competition, if we miss our bullseye, Jesus, in this life, it is deadly. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. You see, sin is actually an archery term that means missing the bullseye or missing the mark. So if we miss our bullseye, it is at a deadly cost because of our sin. If we miss Jesus, if we don't aim our lives for Jesus, we lose everything regardless of what we have here on earth. As we sung about earlier, or um, what, what Tyler read earlier from Matthew, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? So, whoa, Zach, you're saying that it is a sin for me to move closer to my family. It's a sin to enjoy the beaches and, and mountains that God has gifted us with. It's a sin to live a healthy lifestyle. It's a sin to, to want that quiet time. It's a sin to want to be or desire to be healthy. I want to be very clear with God's word because it's the most loving thing I can do is, is point you to and direct your complete heart's attention to Jesus Christ and focus on the all-satisfying love of him to point you to the creator rather than the creation. Jesus is an all-or-nothing bullseye, and any time we shift our focus or aim away from him, we dangerously miss the mark. Anytime we seek more joy in the creation rather than the creator, we dangerously miss the mark, which is sin. Don't misunderstand me. God wants us to enjoy time with our families. He wants us to honor him by living healthy lives. He wants us to desire to be healthy. He wants us to enjoy the creation that he has made for us. It's perfectly okay to desire these things. It's perfectly okay to desire time that is just quiet, where there is no distractions, but not more than Jesus. These are all areas of our lives God has given to us to enjoy and desire, but not more than Jesus, because the gifts and creation won't always be there for us. And we won't always, that, they won't always bring us the satisfaction we desire. But the giver of these gifts and blessings is eternal. His gifts and blessings never run dry. And the greatest gift that he gives us is himself. And he is eternal. And so his joy in him is also eternal. He wants to give us himself, and he is endless and limitless. We can only find a brief moment of joy in the creation, but the joy and satisfaction finding God is eternal because God 
is eternal. If you continue in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So my prayer is that after hearing God's word, our hearts will be so captivated by Jesus that we will look to none other than him for our complete joy and satisfaction. I pray we continue to keep our focus and attention on him because he is our bullseye. Let's look at Colossians 1. Our text today comes from Colossians 1. Now, just a little background about Colossians. Colossians was a letter written from Paul and Timothy to the church in Colossae, and their encouragement is for the church to continue in the faith of the gospel. There were some false teachers that were, were starting to try to come into the church and delude the gospel of Jesus. And they were trying to take them captive by philosophy and empty deceit. And we see that. You can look that up later in Colossians 2, verses 4 through 8. So Paul writes to the church in Colossae to encourage them to continue in the faith, to make Jesus their bullseye. So Colossians 1, beginning with verse 15. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. The Greek word for image here is, is ikon. This simply means the exact representation. Jesus is the exact visual representation and manifestation of the invisible God. If we were to see the face of Jesus, we would be looking at God in his fullness. When the apostles and disciples were following Jesus, they were following God. In John 14, you probably remember Philip has a conversation with Jesus and he says, hey, Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus' response was, I've been with you all this time and you still don't know who that I am. He who has seen me has seen the Father. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus is the image of God because he is God. If you think back to the picture of Weston, okay, you see that picture and you say, hey, that is Weston, not that just looks like Weston, but that's him. If you were to see a picture of Jesus or you see the image of Jesus, that's God. Jesus came to show us what the Father is like and who the Father is. He is the image of the invisible God, which means he is God in fullness. Later in verse 15, it says the first, Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Now, what this is not saying is that in all things that were created, Jesus was the first because that's just simply not true. Jesus is God. That means that Jesus has always existed as God has always existed. He is uncreated as God is uncreated. And this is really important to understand. God has always existed, so Jesus has always existed what this is saying is that in this culture, the firstborn was given the inheritance of the father. They carried on the legacy of the family, so to speak. They were of the highest in rank and in order and were of the most importance to the father. And so Jesus, the son of God, was and is the most important to God. The Father gave him the inheritance of all creation. Jesus in flesh carried the legacy, so to speak, of the Father. And so he is the earthly manifestation of God the Father. Jesus is the highest and greatest in rank and in order. Jesus is the most important to God. He is preeminent, we would say. All existence bows to the glory, majesty, and preeminence of Jesus Christ. So let's read the passage as a whole. 
Colossians 1, starting verse 15, says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible or invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." Paul is setting the target up quite nicely and clearly here to express how important and how preeminent Jesus Christ is. He is giving the, first, the, the title of firstborn to Jesus, the firstborn of all creation, meaning he is the most important in all creation. God is not pleased with anything else other than his son, Jesus Christ. If Jesus is preeminent to God the Father... We have to make Jesus preeminent for us and in our lives. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. For by Jesus, all things were created. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus, all things hold together. Jesus is the head of the body. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in everything, Jesus would be preeminent. In Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Through Jesus, we are reconciled to God. And because of Jesus' death, Jesus is the only one that can present us to the Father as holy and blameless. So why should Jesus be our bullseye? Why is Jesus our bullseye? Number one, Jesus is our bullseye because he is the author of creation. He's the author of all existence. Verse 16 says, For by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and in earth, visible, invisible, invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. All things that were ever created were created by Jesus. Everything. He created the heavens and angels. He created the earth and everything that came into existence. He created the moons and the stars and the planets and galaxies. He created all governments and all militaries and all nations. And all these things are subject to the control of Jesus. All governments are subject to Jesus. All nations are subject to King Jesus. You catch Paul's drift here? Everything that was ever created was created by Jesus, for Jesus, through Jesus, and in Jesus. And most importantly for us, Jesus created you. He created you in his image. He shaped you, 
molded you. He handcrafted you. And he created you to be like him and to enjoy him. Out of his goodness and love for you, he created you. Jesus created you for his own pleasure. <laughs> we were created to enjoy Je- or for Jesus to enjoy Jesus. It's all about him. He's the center of the universe. Verse 19 says, In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. God the Father was completely satisfied in the Son, and the Son was completely satisfied in the Father, and they were in complete harmony and unity and love with the Holy Spirit. The Trinity was eternally complete and satisfied with their own fellowship. So anything that was ever created from then on was created for the purpose of more joy for God. Not because God was lonely, not because Jesus was lonely, but out of his love and his goodness, he created us. He created the universe and he created us to enjoy him and his presence. Jesus is our bullseye because he is the author of creation. Jesus is the bullseye because he lovingly and perfectly created all things, including you. And since he created all things, and since all things are subject to him, he sustains all things. Number two, Jesus is the sustainer. He's our bullseye because he is the sustainer of creation. Verse 17 says, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Hebrews 1.3 says that he is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Think back to the target. Jesus created you and your life is like the arrow. He created you to aim for the bullseye, which is himself. So Jesus, in his infinite wisdom and his infinite power by his word, is going to keep you on the path to the target, to the bullseye. He promises to sustain you and keep you from falling off the path to himself. In him, all things hold together. Think about how the universe works. Okay? Think about how our planet is so far from the sun that we don't burn, yet close enough that we don't freeze. So that same God, that same Jesus that is able to do that, the, the same Jesus that creates gravity and inertia, surely will sustain you surely will sustain us. The same Jesus that tells the sun to go here, the planets to go here, the galaxies to spread throughout, that same Jesus will hold you together. He will keep us on the path to the bullseye. As we learned several months ago in the book of James, trials are going to come. They're inevitable. We can't escape them. We will all go through the fire. The enemy is looking to devour us and snatch us away from the grip of Jesus. He's trying to shift our focus and attention away from Jesus. He's trying to convince us that there is something greater than Jesus. There's something that will give us more joy than knowing Jesus. But you see, Jesus knows what it takes to reach the bullseye. He endured every trial in this life, and he went through the fire that tested his faith. As we saw last month in Philippians 2.8, he was obedient to the point of death on a cross. So he knows what it takes to reach 
the bullseye. He defeated Satan and he conquered death and the grave. So he knows how to stay focused on the bullseye and to keep our aim on the prize, which is himself and his glory. Jesus promises to sustain us and hold us together until we reach him, our bullseye. That's why he created us, to enjoy himself. So surely the creator of all things will uphold all things to bring more glory and pleasure to himself. You know, I can't, think, can't help but think about the upcoming year that we're about to have with, with our son, and I know many of you can relate, where they start to crawl, and then they toddle, and while they're doing this, while they're crawling, you're, we're all a little overprotective at first. Okay, no, don't crawl over here. Come back this way. Okay, no, don't crawl too far this way. Okay, no, 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 don't touch that. Keep your hands off. Do the same thing when they're toddlers. We sustain them and keep them on the path to goodness, to see them grow. Sometimes they fall and we let them fall, but we help them get back up again and continue on their journey. Jesus is the same way. It's the same for Jesus. He sustains us. He keeps us from veering too far off the track. And he warns us of the dangers that could cause us to fall out of his reach. He guides us through the life And when necessary, he will allow us to fall. He will allow us to experience these growth pains. But he sustains us and he picks us back up again when we trust and depend on him. He sustains us because he wants to keep us on the path to the bullseye. And he's the only one that can do that. He's the only one that can sustain us until the end because he's the only one that has gone through this life and made it to the end. Nothing else in this world can do that. Being around family doesn't take trials away. A better job or more money doesn't cause problems to cease. The joy of a vacation only lasts momentarily until we're back at work again. The relief from sickness or pain is temporary before it finds its way back. My friends, there will be trials in this life. We will experience pain. We will face problems and challenges. And I want to encourage you to keep your aim and focus on Jesus because he's the only one that can sustain you and hold you together. Nothing else can can claim the sustaining power of Jesus. Nothing else can hold you together. He's the only one who has died and rose again and is still alive today and forevermore. Verse 18 says, he is the firstborn from the dead, that he's the only one that has forever conquered death. So why is Jesus our bullseye? Number one, he's the author of creation. And number two, he's the sustainer of creation because Jesus alone can hold us together and sustain us. Lastly, Jesus is our bullseye because he is the reconciler of creation. Verse 21, 22 says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled to his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. This is the good news of the gospel. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, while eternally enjoying each other's presence, 
Again, not out of loneliness, but out of pure love and goodness created mankind to share in this glorious presence and God forever. But in our own free will, in Adam and Eve's own free will, we rebelled and turned our back on God and separated ourselves from the presence of him forever. Colossians 2, if you refer back there, we allow the enemy to delude the gospel and deceive us into believing in an empty joy. At that moment, we first grabbed on to the dangling, empty deceit for our joy. We alienated ourselves from a holy and just God. We turned our backs on a holy and just God. When we look to our careers, our family, our money and possessions, our experiences, our hobbies, our relationships, the creation. When we look to those things for our joy and satisfaction, instead of looking to the one who created them all, we dangerously miss the mark and we alienate ourselves from God. Because of our sin and failed responsibility, we became enemies of God and completely deserving of his wrath. We completely defiled his eternal glory when we missed the mark and aimed for something else other than the bullseye of Jesus. And we do the same today. We defile his glory when we look to other things for our joy other than Jesus Christ. Because of our sin, we were left hopeless, helpless, and completely deserving of his wrath. And we deserve his punishment. The story should end, but the good news for us is that it doesn't. God would have been completely justified in punishing us for our sinfulness, but he didn't out of his great love and mercy for us. God, Jesus, humbly stepped down from his majestic throne in heaven, became a man gave his life to the point of death on a cross and sacrificially absorbed the exhaustive wrath of a holy and just God. Because of what Jesus did, we are able to be justified before the Father. Because of the price that Jesus paid, we can be presented to the Father as holy and blameless and above reproach. Nothing else can do that for us. Nothing else can cleanse us and forgive us and sanctify us other than Christ's sacrificial love for us. When you die and are standing before the Father, you alone will have to give an account for your life. Your family won't be there. Your job won't be there. The money that you earn, possessions that you have will not be there. But if you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, if you aim and focus on the bullseye of Jesus Christ, he will be there. He will be there to justify you and present you holy and blameless to the Father. I can just picture Jesus. Just picture with me. You're standing before the Father. Instead of standing condemned, instead of absorbing the wrath that was meant for us. If you aim for Jesus the bullseye, just picture this. Jesus is standing before the Father, presenting you to him. Daddy, this one is mine. 
This one is mine. They focused their lives on me. They found their hope in me. There is no blame found in him. There is no blame found in her because the blood that was shed, my blood that was shed on the, on the cross. They set their aim on the bullseye. Father, let them dwell in our presence forever. God, bring them back into our fellowship that they were created for. Let them experience our eternal joy and satisfaction that is endless and limitless. Lord, they are not condemned. So when you look down, Lord, see what I did for them, that I reconciled them, Lord. They are mine, Father. They are ours, Father. And God, the Father, completely satisfied in nothing else other than his Son, says, yes, Son, let them come and dwell in our presence forever. Let them feel the eternal and joy and satisfaction that we can only give. Jesus alone can make things right. Jesus alone can justify us and bring us back into the eternal fellowship of God that we were created for. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the bullseye of our life because he alone is our Savior and he alone will reconcile us to the Father. Nothing else will. Nothing else will. This life is all about Jesus. All things were created by him, through him, for him, and in him. And we were created to be like him and to follow him and to have fellowship with him. Jesus surpasses everything else. He is preeminent. He is the most important to, to God, so he has to be the most important to us. He is the greatest and the foremost. He is the, the most renowned. He is illustrious and the most celebrated. He is the top, the chief. He is insurpassable. He is inequitable. There's nothing that could equal him. There's nothing that, that can surpass him. He is incomparable and matchless and peerless and transcendent. Jesus is preeminent. He's the firstborn of all creation because he's the only one that the fullness of God is pleased with. God is not pleased with us. Please hear that. Like there's nothing that we can do to, to bring more pleasure to God through ourselves, through our work, other than us being in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is everything. He is preeminent. What in your life can measure up to that? All else will fade away, but the love of Christ remains forever. So what are you aiming for on the target? Are you stable and steadfast in your faith, or does your faith shift when trials come? When placed in the fire, what or who do you seek for your joy? I want you to know, God wants you to know that he is our joy. Jesus is our bullseye. Jesus is our purpose for living he is our sufficiency and our satisfaction because his pleasures are endless and limitless. Psalm 16:11 says, "You make known to us the path of life and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures 
forevermore. Jesus is our bullseye because he is the author of creation, the sustainer of creation, and the reconciler of creation. If you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, Jesus will present you holy and blameless and above reproach to the Father. If you worship and find all joy in the Creator rather than the creation, Jesus will present you holy and blameless to the Father. So how do we continue in the faith? I believe there are three responses, two of which are more personal, one is, is, is more communal. Number one, pray for Jesus to help you aim your heart's affections towards him daily. If we are created for God's pleasure and to find pleasure in Jesus, he wants to be, he wants to, he wants that pleasure. And so he will gladly show you what you are treasuring more than him because he wants complete satisfaction and joy in him. Piper said it best that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. So pray that God will help you and, and that Jesus will show you how you're missing the mark. Number two, read the living word of God daily. The beautiful thing about this book from, from start to finish is this, is this beautiful narrative from Genesis to Revelation pointing to the preeminence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son of God, radically changed the course of history, and he will radically change yours if you seek his word. And finally, commit to a home group. <laughs> it's essential for your faith. If you know me well enough, you know that I am passionate about home groups. When Paul wrote this letter, it was directed to a local church, not individuals. Okay, there are no Rambos for Jesus in this life. We are a body. We are a church. We need each other. We need brothers and sisters to pray for us, love us, and encourage us to continue in the faith, stable and steadfast. We need brothers and sisters to show us that we are missing the mark. That is the most loving thing they can do for you is, hey, come on, come back. Here's danger, danger, as we talked about in James. Pastor Steve talked about in James. It's the most loving thing that a brother and sister can do to you or for you is to point you back to the glory of Jesus Christ. We can't do it on our own. Jesus is our head, but we have the rest of the body to depend on. And this type of growth just can't happen in a Friday gathering. We're, we're too big. We need the close, intimate setting to do that. We need brothers and sisters that can challenge us and strengthen us daily. If you aren't committed to a home group, please come talk to me afterwards and we can get you connected. It is essential for your faith. All throughout Acts and the rest of the New Testament, the church flourishes and aims for the bullseye of Jesus when they submit to each other's fellowship and devoted time and prayer daily. Church, we need each other. As the worship team comes up for the final song, consider this. My friends, you only get one shot at this life. What are you aiming for? What is your focus? I plead with you to aim for Jesus because he created you, he sustains you, and he reconciles you. Continue in the faith, church, and don't shift from the hope we have only in 
Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, it is the power of God into salvation. It is the living word of God. And so I pray that Colossians 1 and the preeminence of Jesus Christ would radically change our lives, God. Help us to aim our lives towards you, Lord. Nothing else can do the things that you do for us, Lord. You created us, Jesus. You sustain us, Jesus. You hold us together, Jesus. And you reconcile us, Jesus. God, help our, help our hearts and, and lives just be captured and captivated by your preeminence. Lord, I pray that each person in here would, would consider what you have done for them. God, that they would aim their lives towards you, the bullseye. God, that as we sung earlier, they would surrender all. Help us now, Lord. Give us more joy and satisfaction in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.